1: .fm or download the free Anchor app to get started. Welcome back to the Paddle and Fin Podcast, Episode Nine. Tonight we got an epic guest joining us, uh, also uh, Christine Fisher, also known as Midwest Fisher Girl on the Instagram world. Uh, she just recently got back from the KBF Open on Lake Erie. Took uh, it was sixth place, correct?
2: Sixth place, yeah.
1: Sixth place, and yeah. uh, we're going to talk with her this evening and uh, kind of get her outlook on things and. Uh, get uh the life in a woman's perspective in the fishing world these days so christine why don't you start off telling us about uh you know how you got into fishing and kind of how uh the passion kind of grew with you
2: okay uh well fishing has always been a huge part of my family Uh, um i guess i was raised in a fishing world ever since i was a kid um my mom and dad and brother, we fished family walleye tournaments um, out of a, our old old uh, Spectrum boat at some of the local reservoirs around here. Um, I, I fished. We didn't have a TV growing up, so I guess the only thing my brother and I could really do was, in our small town, was go to the lakes or creek. and I, We just were born and raised in the outdoors, and so it's always kind of stuck with me through most of my life. Um, and then just recently, these last probably – oh, seven or eight years or so, I started um, kayak fishing, which has become one of my biggest hobbies and um, something I'm really passionate about. And I started competing about three years ago um, to try try to escalate that. And it kind of just took it to a whole new level uh, of appreciation for the sport. So it's it's a huge part of my life. It kind of dictates my life, <laughs> I guess and, you'd say.
1: And in your first tournament, you took like second place or something like that, wasn't it?
2: Yeah, my very first tournament. Um, I bought an old used Jackson Cuda, and I fished a local tournament. I was I got third place, um, which is pretty awesome. There's some pretty incredible sticks here in Nebraska, so.
1: Awesome, 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 awesome. Yeah. So, and you like decided just to like leave the corporate job and just pursue the fishing dream. Like what, what made you decide that, And you know, what kind of made you go that route?
2: Um, A lot of things actually. I, uh, I'm part of a family that's completely compromised of, entre- of entrepreneurs. And so we never really did things status quo. Sure. Um, and I was always the one that asked questions and, you know, didn't really follow a lot of guidelines and rules. And so though I loved working in the outdoors industry and I, I was a, the hunting manager at a big retailer for a long time. And I, I loved working with all the guys and tuning bows and having that role. I didn't like punching at time clock and I didn't like the micromanaging and I didn't, I just didn't really feel like that was my fit. Um, sure. So I said goodbye to that and started uh, my own, business and it kind of just took off from there. And I, it's one of those things that I, I can, I'm not made for that nine to five. I just can't, I can't do it. So I thought of every single way possible to, um, avoid ever kind of going back to that rule. And I've never really had a desk job. And, um, I found kind of my niche in the outdoors and I love to write and I love to share my passions and I'm just going full bore with that. Um, and it's, it's pretty incredible.
1: No, totally. I mean, I, uh, I mean, we found you on Instagram and that led me to your website and I just started reading like some of your blog posts and things. And I mean, I thought that was totally fascinating that, you know, you were just like, screw the man I'm going for it. (laughs) You did it. And like, you have definitely climbed the success ladder, I would say in the fishing world, so to speak, and definitely gotten a lot of respect. Um, just by, you know, you know, I think the biggest problem nowadays, um, with women in the fishing world is they're taking these raunchy photos with fish Mm -hmm. and whatever, and trying to make their way up the ladder. And you definitely didn't do that. And you, you know, kind of stuck to what you are passionate about and didn't do the corporate thing. That's, that's what definitely drew us to you as a guest tonight. So, you know kudos for that um but uh, you know can i just say something
3: here brian yeah go (laughs) ahead go ahead man because like i have to admit Christine, i went to your 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 instagram page and i had instant fish envy that's all i'm gonna say (laughs) it it was so ridiculous it was
0: so ridiculous
3: I can yeah, attest you're to the that
1: too.
2: You the real deal without a doubt. Yeah, without You guys a doubt. are that's very flattering you guys. No, no, no. It's <laughs> it's awesome
1: and I, you know, I'm I'm a big YouTube guy. I don't watch a ton of TV and stuff. I you know, I'm always watching fishing videos and hunting videos, camping videos, DIY videos, whatever on YouTube. And uh, it was yesterday, um, I believe it was Fluke Master Mm-hmm. I forget that guy's actual name but
2: gene jensen yeah gene jensen yeah, that's it yeah.
1: he was like giving you a shout out because you did so awesome on lake erie and i think that's just cool you know like you oh, were, the
2: have f- to, you were thank like you. <laughs> one of the first
1: people he mentioned and i think that says a lot um mm-hmm. you know as far as that goes um i did so- not
2: know that that's pretty awesome gene's a good guy
1: yeah no 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 i watch a lot of his stuff in um You know, he's a very intelligent guy when it comes to fishing and such, but, um, you know, I thought that was cool, you know, getting a shout out from Gene Jensen. So kudos there. (laughs)
2: Thanks. Yeah. He's he's a good dude.
1: (laughs) But, um, yeah, I mean, I can relate to what you're saying as far as like work goes, you know, I worked for the man for 12 years and then I went out on my own and, um, my own entrepreneur, so to speak.
2: Congratulations. That's great.
1: Yeah. It's, it's a whole different world. You know, I've been at it for four or five years now and it's just like, it's such a huge, huge difference. It gives me more freedom to do things like this and such. I mean, trust me, I'd like to be fishing full time. Don't get me wrong (laughs)
2: like you,
1: but I'm getting there. We'll get there one day. That's
2: awesome. Absolutely.
1: So, um, you know, the one thing I wanted to talk to you about was, you know, lately, we've been hearing about all these huge muskies being caught in Nebraska. Mm. And, you know, we're in the Midwest as well. We're in northern Illinois. Okay. And, you know, so muskies, we think like Wisconsin, Minnesota, things like that. I would never think of Nebraska. And then I saw a picture of you just holding this giant. And I was like, where is this? <laughs> <laughs> so, I mean, what what is the musky waters like out in your area? You know, maybe you could go over that and... You know maybe your tactics for approaching musky and things like that
2: mm-hmm. um, well. I musky fish all over all over the country, up in Canada. Um, Nebraska definitely provides its own set of challenges because it these are not world renowned musky waters. I mean, I used to joke that there are five total musky in the state, and I've of them like thirty <laughs> times. Sure. So <laughs> <laughs> um, we, we've got we've got a few hidden gems. Um, a couple of reservoirs have some really nice sized fish, but it's definitely more challenging. I mean, it's, it's not, it's not a species that, um, flourishes here by any means. Um, like the, the you know, they would up North or in some of the, the big deep Southern reservoirs, um, like cave run or Melton Hill or, D- or Dale hollow or any of the rivers down there. Sure. Um, but it, it, it's a different, you still apply type of the, the same type of behavioral, um, tactics the same you know Following, i do a lot of the moon phases i follow really closely and watching you know pre to post funnel and barometric pressure changes and you know the pre-spawn even though a lot of our a lot of the areas here the, the muskie don't actually spawn they go through like a false spawn okay um, but the behaviors are still the same so you apply the same type of tactics that you would you know that early spring ice out you know mid I don't I don't usually target them midsummer when it gets pretty hot around here. Um, but then again, uh that that late early fall when the water gets around that 65 degrees and it gets a little more safe to handle them. Um and they start, you know, moving back and finding that that grass that has still is, you know, has most of its life and producing the most oxygen, Follow the shad, you know, up the creeks and stuff. Just your your typical um, textbook musky fishing right for on. Your, yeah
3: so you okay. do you target them christine with with top water or kind of what's your go-to when you're at least at least searching for them it
2: dep- it's pretty dependent on the body of water and what the main um, forage is around here um, a lot of our musky are stocked in, in shad lakes so a couple of my go-to's in nebraska um i i will throw a little top water. Um, I only have action on that usually in the early mornings, like right at ice out, actually. Um, or here in the fall, I'll do a little bit of top water stuff. But my main go-to, we've got a lot of big laydowns um, that in some of these big reservoirs here, some of the lakes or these rocky points. I love throwing the lungeon twenty-two short, the um, twenty-two long, bumping cranks off of um, like off of the laydowns and along the rocks or just burning blades. I mean, that's, that's always effective about anywhere you go. Right. Um, And the Medusa, I love like when it gets a little bit like your April, May, I love throwing the, I love getting those big plastics out, working glides Um, It just completely depending on the time of year. And I'm known to switch baits a thousand times. If I I feel like
3: sounds like me, Brian. Yeah.
2: Yeah. Oh yeah. yeah. Yep. It's it, it, you know, you gotta let the fish tell you what they want at that given time. Um, but here it seems that simple, if you keep it simple, that's typically better. Um, you know, I, I usually don't throw big blades around here. I'll throw like, you know, eights or sometimes nines or big arm spinners, um, keeping it pretty simple. We, we don't have, we, we just don't have the type of fishing that you're going to find. Like I'm going to cave run here in about two weeks and it'll be a whole different ball game for me. Sure. Sure. What I'm going after.
3: Yeah, we, we, we were talking about some of our trips we took just recently on another pod and um, when I was up in Canada, man, I was on Eagle Lake and they literally I set... fished Eagle! Did you really?
2: Yeah. No <laughs> oh Where'd yeah, um, Andy Myers Lodge. Oh, okay, yeah, yeah,
3: yeah. I've heard of it, for sure. Yep, I was down at uh, Century, so...
2: Okay, gotcha. gotcha so the southern gotcha. end,
3: but yeah, it, what was interesting was uh, everyone was saying how you didn't need to use massive lures, you know, Mm-mm. you can use uh, you know medium to small size bucktails and Get the same, oh, yeah, like
2: the Joe Bucher, the Bucher tail. That thing is a killer. I mean, you can, you can just, and it's the cadence that really makes a huge difference. I found for sure, for sure. So, you get those higher geared reels that you know, like that Tranks brings in, I think, 42 inches per turn, and you can, you can have that thing screaming across the water, and they just can't stand it. That's a game changer (laughs) for sure,
3: for sure. So, so on, 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 Lake Erie, I mean, you just finished a, a tournament there. Um, yes. maybe you could talk a little bit about the tournament, kind of the challenges and kind of what you, what you experienced out there.
2: Right. So Erie, um, that's my first time fishing Erie. Um, I never thought I'd go and fish bass on Erie. I've always, I, I grew in you know, walleye on my roots. So I thought it'd be, you know, I always would fish walleye there. And so I, now I
1: never, you're talking <laughs> my language.
2: Yeah. I never expected I'd go to Erie to fish for, for bass, but that, that is what happened. Um, I the, the biggest challenge was, you know, obviously well there there were two of them I would say. New body of water. Um, I okay. had to fly in, so I didn't have my boat, my kayak or my um, elite nine T I fish Laurance and the Elite Nine T I with a total scan transducer and I rely very heavily on side imaging. Sure. When no. I'm looking for when I'm looking for, you know, with smallmouth especially, I'm looking for boulders or rocks or, you know, deep grass. You know, when I can look 100 feet out either way, I can cover so much more water and break it down so much quicker. Well, I didn't True. have that. Um, I had to bring just my head unit, but I didn't have the transducer. Ooh. So I was limited to down um, and just your sonar and GPS. So that was tough. That made it really difficult for me to utilize my electronics and break that water down. Um And I only had a day to pre-fish. Oh. Yeah, I, I basically... Day
1: to pre-fish and take six.
2: Yeah, I... I found a pattern. Um, I, I was limited. Uh, I knew that the big bite was going to be on the main lake and I knew smallmouth were going to win that tournament, but I, the, I looked everywhere. Uh, and if you weren't there pre-fishing for a few days or you didn't live on the lake, like, uh, Dave LaFreebrae that elite series pro that, you know, took, took home that 10 grand.
1: Yeah. 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 Um, he, he lives right on the lake. Yeah. Know,
2: right he, he lives right on the lake. Yep. And so he was out with his bass boat pre-fishing and, I mean, he was just on top of it. That guy's a phenomenal angler. He knew what the smallmouth were doing and where they were. Um, The other guys that found the smallmouth were locals. So it kind of made it a little bit challenging, um, but I was able to find a really good pattern in deep grass in Presque Isle Bay and produce pretty good limits. Um, With the exception of the second day, my area got pretty crowded, and it just didn't support... um, like I was hoping it would I I needed one more good fish to put me at second or third but you know that that's fishing so I I always a little tougher on myself than probably um, everybody else.
1: Is. yeah no 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 what uh what town did you guys go out of um Erie. what town it was in the town of Erie yep in okay. the
2: town of Erie
1: okay gotcha um you know because I've fished a walleye tournament out of Huron So uh, I'm, I'm looking at a map here, you know, it's, it's pretty close to where, you know, you guys were going out of, but I mean, the one tournament I fished out there was in October and, uh, pre-fishing there was like four foot rollers. And then the day of the tournament, it snowed. So that was interesting, (laughs) you know, but, um, no, that's totally cool. So, I mean, you had a day to pre-fish and then tournament day, you just kind of stuck with your guns and. Yeah. Uh, what, what did you come in with lengthwise?
2: Um, the day one, I put up 85 and three quarter, um, oh, wow. freebrae had 88, I believe. And the, uh, one of the guys, a local put up 91, but he didn't get a limit day two. So he kind of dropped out of it. Um, but I, I did that in large mouth and I did, I did luck into one smallmouth that happened to be cruising through that deep grass. Um, but I was, I fished the bay and I put up 83 or 84 within an hour. So, I mean, I was on good fish. I put up a good limit, and I said, I, if I'm going to win this tournament, I'm going to have to find some big smallmouth in the main lake. So, I went back out to the main lake, spent three hours out there just searching and searching, and I couldn't find anything. So, I came back to the bay and ended up upgrading a couple fish and um, put me at fourth. Um, and I was leading most of the day, which is pretty cool.
1: That's awesome.
2: Yeah. <laughs>
1: That's awesome for only a day of pre-fishing on, yeah. a, on a lake you've never fished, let alone.
2: Well, yeah, well, it felt pretty good.
3: Well that that's another thing too that I've an interest in is like how do you even break down a body of water before, you know, you've never fished on before, let alone Lake Erie. I mean like I you know, it's like me going to Lake Michigan and like okay, drop a kayak in and get out there
2: like <laughs> yeah. seriously. So yeah, how do you, how do you
3: approach that even?
2: Well, you look you you know, you you think about bass fishing and you break it down. It's like what what time of year is it? What are they doing? What are they feeding on? Where is the bait? Um, and what I found is that there were a lot of shad and a lot of bait that were still in Presque Isle Bay. Um, you could, I'd mark bait balls kind of suspended in like 12 to 15 foot of water. And then I found that whole bay has got really good grass in certain areas. And so what I found, I, I use a swim bait presentation. Um, I, I use like a, like a a kitech on like a weightless kytec up shallow or I'd I'd Carolina rig it or I would do uh I threw a jackhammer a little bit when it was real windy and choppy and put like a 3.8 kitech on that um and when that kind of slowed down and the the sun got up and it got a little more pressured um I threw a uh a smoke shad Sanko on a sixteenth ounce Texas rig in the grass and I just I, I mean I caught fish all day they were in the grass and they were feeding, um, and there was definitely a pattern there. And there were some good fish there, some good fi- good fish caught there. Um, there were just a lot of people in the bay that, that didn't find anything on the main lake either. So it was it was tough.
3: So when you but, say the main lake, were they trying to work like the rock bottom in deeper water, or kind of what were they doing?
2: So from what Dave said, um, the the guy that was leading day one found them in deeper water, but Dave gave a little speech at the end and said those those smallmouth have started to transition small or shallow and last week they weren't they were in that 30 foot and there was those big 20 21 inchers but they had it all changed in that week and you had to be on that bite and he was on it so he he stayed on top of them and uh he was catching them i think in 12 13 foot of water so a, a little more shallow and usually from what we had read and heard that they would be in that 30 foot of water but
3: what was the water temp you were do you remember
2: yep so 60 68 in the morning about 71 72 for a high okay Okay. Yeah.
3: But, yeah, because they usually like it a little cooler, and uh, yeah, it, it, maybe the water temp change or something between the weeks. Who knows? Yeah. Interesting.
2: Interesting. Yeah, it it was. I would have really liked to. To. Uh, I mean, I, I didn't come to Erie to fish for a largemouth, but that's all I had. <laughs> so yeah. I, I had to make it work. <laughs> unfortunately.
3: So were the tournament rules for either as long as it was bass? Yes. Was
2: any any bass species? Yep. Is. We were good by that, but I think everybody kind of kind of knew that Smallmouth were probably going to win that tournament.
3: Interesting.
2: Yeah. So
3: All have right. you have you ever done any fishing? You know, and um, uh, or musky fishing in St. Clair or that same area? Oh yeah. Out there? yeah. Um,
2: St. Clair is a
3: crazy. Yes, right?
2: uh, that is one of my. I, I don't like fishing metro lakes very much um, or urban lakes, but St. Clair is that is one I can get down with anytime. Interesting. Yeah, you're have you're the potential of catching a trophy of any species in that entire lake. I mean, it's just an absolutely incredible fishery. Um, I'm going to go up there. I'm hoping to get up there in November and go after muskie um, when there's a good bondy bait bite there.
3: Have you ever been out to Hartson's Island? I have not. Okay, you've heard of it though, right? Yes. Yeah, that's crazy smally Yes. as well. Yeah, yeah. It's all kind of in the same area. I'm yeah. in the wrong location. I'm in the wrong state, Brian. Yeah, well, I've
1: been saying I've been saying that for years. Yeah, you
2: have. That's true. Yeah, I can't say I fished in Illinois before. <laughs> There's a reason yeah. for that. Yeah.
1: <laughs> I mean, we get we got a, our own few hidden gems, so to speak. But uh, right. yeah, I mean, Illinois isn't really known for, I mean, any particular species unless it's asian carp coming up the illinois river
2: yay yeah right but you so, can't make
3: them look like bass when you're in a tournament i've tried no yeah no no, no. 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 <laughs> spray paint none of it works it's i know kidding. yeah, yeah.
2: Those, those things are awful
1: our our fishing all lies to the north border there it once does you, once yeah. you get over that north border it it really starts to heat up you know, with muskies being talked about, have you fished Green Bay for Muskies?
2: I haven't. I'm I would love to. I've I've been told by a lot of people that that needs to happen. Um hopefully that that'll be on the list here in the next year or so.
1: Yeah, I, I would definitely <clears> recommend <throat> it. I mean, I personally don't muskie fish, um, but I walleye fish up there quite a bit. And uh we have some friends that, you know, muskie fish up there, they're speed trolling and things like that. And mm-hmm they've had days where they've boated 30, 40 muskies and the smallest ones, are like 40 inches. Oh. So it, like green Bay is such a healthy fishery. And um, I mean, especially you mentioned you love walleyes. I mean, you mm-hmm. have a great chance at a 30 plus incher up there in the fall. Yeah. No doubt. Um, I've been up there twice in like the past month and a half and, you know, caught a slew at 24 to 26 inch walleyes um, with a few 28s that i haven't personally caught but a friend of mine he fishes the mwc circuit up there out of the big boats mm-hmm. and uh so we get up there quite a bit but no i was just curious on your take on green bay on muskies if you had done it or um if you had plans
2: for it but will happen soon i mean yeah. talking talking muskie and that's and pulling up my heartstrings i mean those two yeah. three fish are <laughs> that's what i'm all about right there
1: that's awesome
2: yeah. I, I'm going to take a little time. I mean, I just, I wanted this year to really go after um, tournament fishing and I wanted to gain the respect there and prove that not only I, do I take you know good pictures with these big fish, but I know what I'm talking about. Um, right, that that right. was my, that was my big goal this year. Um, yeah. There's a, there's a lot of people out there that are, you know, celebrity famous on whatever social media outlet they have and their, their content is lacking in so many ways and i didn't want to fall um i didn't want to get lost in that stereotype
1: no i hear you and i think you've proved yourself quite a bit this year especially because you've you've had like what eight caches or yeah, something
2: I've had, I've had a pretty i, I mean i'm, I'm very humble and i'm very happy with the share but it's not over yet i've got a couple more very big tournaments that i'd really like to do well at too
1: that's awesome Yeah. Uh, I mean, keep it going. Whatever you're doing is working. So
2: (laughs) thanks guys.
1: (laughs) Yeah. 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 No worries. No worries. So, um, I mean, let's maybe talk a little bit on, uh, how you got into the guiding aspect of things. Um, maybe some struggles and stuff you had with that and, you know, how much you enjoy it and, you know, just your all around guiding, guiding experience.
2: Okay. Um, I, started guiding for uh well marty approached me after my first tournament and just kind of asked if you know he's been guiding gosh he's like the godfather of kayak fishing in the midwest here um he's been guiding for a long time and asked if i had any interest and um i said absolutely like, i've always I, i've always kind of liked sharing my passion with other people and getting people introduced to it because um, the thing that you know drives me crazy is Seeing all these people buried into electronics these days and not taking advantage and, you know, seeing all the outdoors has to offer. Sure. So, um, initially, there were some challenges. I mean, obviously, with being a female comes its own set of, you know, st- like I said, stereotypes and assumptions. And there were some guys that would message Marty and say, you know, are you available or can can we, yeah. And he, he said, look, like if you, he, he was great. in the fact that he really had my back and he, he really believed in me. Um, and, and the ones that gave me a chance would, you know, message back to him and say, we're so happy. We went out with her and, you know, we, we caught so many fish and we had this great experience and, it, it was really, I had to, the more I pushed through that, the more rewarding it was. Um, and I started to kind of build up a reputation there that, um, I hope will continue to follow me along, um, as, as I go. And as I continue to hopefully do some guiding kind of across the country, um, I, I, you're, I'm always going to have those challenges. There's, there's no doubt about that. That's just something that I've learned to kind of swallow and deal with, but that's okay. You know, it makes me want to work harder and, just do better and, you know, get people on the fish of a lifetime when I can and be part of that.
1: Yeah. I think that, that alone right there says a lot, you know, about you and your character for sure. And I mean, you know, obviously your reputation, you know, proves everything you say. I mean, you know, Mm -hmm. I, I know from my experience, anytime I take a woman fishing, Mm-hmm. I get my butt kicked, so I mean that's just the way it works out. Yeah, and it, and it's usually my 14 year old daughter. That's so, awesome. You know, <laughs> which it, which is great. But is she uh, is she
2: close right now? Give her an air high five from me.
1: Uh, no, she she's at her uh, tumbling practice this evening, but I'll let her know when when okay. she gets home. Awesome. So I was telling her about you, and she's like, "Oh, I'll check that out, Dad." So I think I think it'll be pretty inspiring to her because you know she is a little girlish, but You know, she does have that fishing in her and the kayaking. I mean, she just loves being outdoors, which is awesome.
2: Yeah, that's great. I'm, like,
1: super grateful for that, no doubt.
2: Most definitely. So,
1: so, I mean, I guess um, you said you're hitting the road. So, I mean, what's what's your plans for that? Um, You're just going to tour the country and maybe, like, do some guiding trips here and there or –
2: couple different things um so i i just got engaged back in june um oh congratulations thank you yeah it's i'm pretty excited um i met my fiance at a bass fishing tournament so uh, like-minded individuals it works out great so we are going to move into um i just bought a house 11 months ago and lo and behold i'm renting it out already and (laughs) leaving (laughs) so we are going to move into a, a travel trailer toy hauler um, and he actually is a rep for a kayak fishing, or for a kayak fishing brand. Um, and we are going to just fish tournaments, sell kayaks. Um, I've got a couple gigs writing for some outdoor publications, so we are both able to work remote. Um, and we're just going to kind of call home wherever home happens to be in that particular area we find ourselves in at that time.
1: That sounds I think, awesome. Yeah. I think you're, I think you're my long lost sister or
2: something. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I, I that, I mean that wouldn't surprise me.
1: No, that's awesome. I'm actually, um, I'm in the process of converting my old, um, cargo trailer into a camper trailer and, uh, we're going to put paddle and fin stickers on it and take a bunch of fishing trips and stuff. So like, I mean, you're, you're speaking our language right now. We've, we're like deep into that right now, but, uh,
2: isn't it great? I mean, just kind of simplifying and minimalizing things and getting back to what really is important in life.
1: No, absolutely. Absolutely. I mean, I mean, we all get caught up in life struggles for sure. But, you know, being able to just let loose and I mean, what you guys are doing are awesome is awesome. Yeah. Um, so here's the question and we can edit this out. Who's the better Fisherman?
2: Well, Well, um, if you want to mean to get into.
1: You can don't I, have
3: to answer can that. I, can yeah, I block you,
2: him? In the...
1: you, you, you can plead the fifth on that one. <laughs> okay. You know? I
2: I will I will tell you. You can go and look at all of our tournaments and see who's who's beat who and uh. every single one. <laughs> no, he he actually uh, he actually beat me at Erie. This is the first time this year he beat me in a tournament. Awesome. Yeah.
3: How'd that and go he, over?
2: Um. He, well, he's 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 actually an incredible angler, and he's <laughs> fishing for. Uh, <laughs> For the KBF, the the ten. Um it's the ten best anglers in the nation that that oh, kinda oh, chase awesome. that. Cool. Yep. So he was sitting in sixth in that and he needed a good open finish to kinda call another open he didn't do as well in. Um and I, I was not chasing the, the KBF angler of the year. I had a local club I really wanted to do well on this year. Um and he but he was and so this this place really helped him and should secure that top ten invitation to Bienville plantation in Florida. So it was, I was really happy for him that, um, he That's sat there awesome. and, um, yep. he beat me this time. And I, I was, I couldn't be more happy for him for that. Very
3: cool. That's so, so awesome.
2: Yeah. It was pretty, it was pretty awesome.
3: Christine, if you don't mind, could you talk a little bit about your kayak setup and yeah, feel free to, yeah. uh, you know, just, just kind of, what are your go-tos? What are the things you, you like? You don't like all that kind of good stuff.
2: Um, so I, when I don't fly into tournaments, I, I, I have my, uh, pro angler, um, Hobie Pro Angler 14. Um, I fish in a lot of different kayaks, and this one is by far the most incredible fishing platform, I think, on the market. Interesting. Um, Why it, do you think it, that? It, several reasons. For one, I mean, any. I used to paddle, and where I, I, I am kind of a purist, and I, I like the challenge of things. Like, I was killing myself trying to fish and paddle at the same time. So, the pedal drive system um, right there alone makes any kayak out there, I think, more um, conducive to fishing. Sure. Um, but with the pro angler, see, I'm a super unorganized person. And when I'm sitting there flipping through a bay, it's like, I like to have a big deck space. Um, I like that the, that, that thing is like, it's super wide so I can stand up, I can walk up and down it. I can, if I snag my safety flag in the back with a big Medusa, I can literally walk to the back and unhook it and walk back up work big baits. I can figure eight comfortably. I have no issues with any stability. Um, the rod storage is phenomenal. Like I can get, I I bring 11 to 12 bass rods with me when I'm fishing a tournament. No way.
3: And it, not even in kidding. The, in the kayak.
2: In the kayak. Yep. And they're all not just in the kayak. I get them along the sides in the rod storage. So all my nicer rods are protected. Um, oh, when I, sweet. when I put them back in there and don't leave them in the back of my H grade. So um, so the they're rods actually are just phenomenal.
3: They actually run along the sides. And yep.
2: Be? Interesting. Yeah. Should you have rod holders, like,
3: with a black pack kind of thing, or is that not needed at all?
2: Not needed, but I do have on the H crate. There is four rod holders um, on each corner. You can stick a rod there, and okay. if I want to be switching back, you know, back and forth really quick, I, I sometimes leave a couple rods back there. Gotcha. But for the most part, like if when I travel and I, I do a lot of tournaments by myself, um, and I have a trailer. And so it's really nice that when I'm, you know, trying to make it back to, to check-in time, I can back my trailer in, load my boat up and all my rods and my everything can literally ride in my kayak and I'm gone. Like, it it's, makes it super easy and, and really quick to load and unload. Um, it, and the storage is phenomenal. The front hatch is huge. I, I put I have two big tubs of plastics that I put under my seat, um, which is it works out really, really well. So literally a lot of my stuff that I – i am using um is is right there in my kayak at all times right easily so it's, accessible it's awesome. too yeah. Yeah, yeah yes absolutely and that's huge you know oh,
3: it absolutely is and the stability i think is the second thing especially if you're musky yes. fishing right do you spend oh, most yeah. of the time standing obviously when you're musky fishing yeah yeah you got to right oh
2: yeah well, the first year i fished out of a jackson Cuda, and i couldn't stand and i i caught six or seven musky in that thing um it was a nightmare <laughs>
1: That was me. Sorry.
2: Okay. <laughs> Sorry. It's <laughs> <was> like whoa. <laughs> I forgot to
1: unplug an air compressor in the garage. My apologies to That's everyone. That's
2: okay. <laughs> <laughs> I'm awake. Yeah, yeah. Yeah,
1: me too. Trust me. I just had a grabber, Brian. Thanks. Yeah, I was <laughs> three feet out of my seat because it's like two feet behind me. I apologize. Yeah. Was that Trout <laughs> barking weird. in the background? Yeah, that... no, that wasn't him barking. That was yeah, <laughs> that was the air compressor. Sorry about that. No worries, no worries. But we uh, run
3: a very tight ship here, Christine, as you can yeah.
1: see. Very, <laughs> very it's like it's like a Swiss watch. Hey, yeah. I remember to silent my phone and everything else. I forgot the air compressor. You know, <laughs> it's not something that always comes up.
2: But that's true. <laughs> uh,
1: but uh, so, what do you think of the obviously the
3: Mirage Drive? I guess I'd like to get I've never been in a Hobie. I hear they're amazing. What do you think of, like, for instance, with weed management and things like that? Um, I guess how would you rank it to probably some of the other? Have you done any other pedal drives you can compare it to? I or? have.
2: And what the biggest thing with the pedal drive is. Is that it's it's the best with the weed management because it whereas like your um, like your bicycle style um, like cyclical drives yeah, that's yeah. that the 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 weeds and stuff will get kind of caught up in that and you have to pull it out and pull it out of there with the mirage drive. You're in some really thick stuff. All you got to do is lift your drive up and that stuff falls right down. It doesn't get wrapped up around you know, and, and entangled mat. You don't have a, I, interesting.
3: I fish, Yep. yeah,
2: it, it's, it's by far cause it kind of flushes a lot of it away. I mean, I saw a lot of guys struggle at lacrosse when it was all overgrown on, on, Alaska fishing a big tournament up there. Um, a lot of guys in that type of drive could not get to areas that we were getting in with the, with the mirage drive.
3: Interesting. That's super so, interesting. Yeah. yeah.
2: That's a, that's it, a huge, huge it, benefit to that.
3: How's that reverse work?
2: It works great. Yeah. Some people, you know, will complain that you have to, you know, pull something to go in reverse. It, honestly, it's it's not a big deal. Um, the drive is so is so foolproof and easy to, to maneuver that yeah, I've got no issues with that well, at all. Well, from the
3: videos I've seen, it's pretty quick. You know? Very, you yeah, you it's go. it's nothing.
2: Yeah, yeah. it's a, it's nothing. Got you. Huh. Yeah, it's 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 a pretty solid boat. I'm I'm really happy with it, for sure.
1: No, I love the rod storage aspect. I just recently got a bonafide SS 127, and I can stuff, like you said, 10 or 11 rods Mm -hmm. in my front hatch. And that's so huge. You know, especially, you know, a lot of guys throwing rods in the back of their cars, breaking rod tips, stuff like that. You don't have to worry about that stuff when you can put your rods in your boat. It's so huge
2: that is the biggest like when you p- i've paid so many g loomis expedited fees of 125 dollars that <laughs> i don't i mean you you can only do it so much the rep knew me by name after like the sixth one, <laughs> <launch>, so <laughs> he's finally like all right i'm just gonna send you one you can just waive the have been through enough so
1: oh
0: man
3: brian was talking about me right there about breaking rods and throwing them in the back seat
0: yeah, i, I yeah,
2: hear you i mean i've he been was there. talking about me
1: yeah. i was trying to be kind and not <laughs> <mention> your name.
3: <laughs> everybody
2: knows dude
1: yeah that's funny
2: that's okay that that's definitely me too i mean i've been there
1: (laughs) that's awesome so uh you're a ball cap aficionado aficionado
2: yes i am as you can probably tell from my uh, instagram i i kind of live in one of those things
1: (laughs) scott can attest i pretty much sleep in my hat and wear one (laughs) all day And my wife, I, it was funny because the other day I just recently got bonafide hat in the mail and my wife's like, you need another hat. And I was like, well, yeah, this one matches my boat.
2: Yep. Absolutely. (laughs) So like, I don't do the shoe thing. I do the hat thing. So
1: (laughs) that's awesome. I love it. I love it. So you're a hunter as well. Um, I I know on your website, you're, it looks like you're hunting a lot of turkeys, right. Mm -hmm. And, uh, ducks and whatnot. Um, you know, um, How much hunting do you do? What do you hunt for? Things like that.
2: Um, I I actually guide turkey hunts. Um, Oh, okay. I I really like, I take a lot of women out. Um, I've had a lot of them reach out to me through social media um, and just, you know, be very intimidated about getting into the sport. And if they genuinely want to learn about it, I I love nothing more than to, I I took a gal out this year from West Virginia and I took a gal from um, a local town out the year before that and got them their first Turkey and just the two of us. And it was a really cool experience. Um, I bow hunt. Um, I, I always let them use my shotgun for the first time. Cause bow hunting is a whole different ball oh, when yeah. comes, to, when comes to Turkey, but I, I love Turkey hunting. Um, I'm, I've done that for years and years. I love waterfowl. Um, I, unfortunately with the tournament f- fishing, um, I, it has really cut into my, uh, my hunting these lot this last year and, and it, it is looking like it'll do that this year also um i'm hoping to get out in the stand and, and get a you know get a doe or two to you know fill a freezer here pretty quick because i i the biggest thing for me is i love to hunt i love to be out there in the woods and you know on the lake and i i like the aspect of getting of knowing where my food comes from I and mean, that's huge to me no, so. I
1: agree. I agree. I got into hunting for the same, same exact reasons. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, I strictly bow hunt. So I, I faced that struggle right off the bat. So I yep. can definitely relate to that. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I've never been a big waterfall hunter, but, um, no, I saw it on your website and I was like, no, this is something we definitely have to talk about. Yeah. <laughs> I think that's definitely cool. You know, um, so, I've tried to get my daughter into hunting, and she's like, yeah, no thanks, because <laughs> I don't want to do the whole thing after I shoot the animal. Yeah. <laughs> it's,
2: it's important, I think, to know how to do that, though. And um, No,
1: I agree 100%. Yeah.
2: It, it, it'll it make... You know, I didn't start hunting until I was in my late teens, so that that was saying that my family didn't hunt. We just... We fished. That was our big thing. I got into hunting on my own. Sure. Um, so, I kind of had to teach myself, and that provided some learning curves, but you know, we all get through that.
3: Right on. So what So, were you Chris, say, Scott? I, I was just going to ask you, um, I'm looking at some of the pictures and it looks like you do a lot of fly fishing as well.
2: I do. Yeah.
3: Have you ever done that out of the kayak?
2: Yes, I have.
3: What are your thoughts? It seems like, I mean, I get like all tangled up just on the shoreline. I can't imagine myself in my kayak trying to fly fish. So talk me through that.
2: Yes. So <laughs> 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 it's, I'm, I am working on, um, you know, kind of evening out those, those areas and, and finding the, the best way. Um, I fished out of a kayak last year that was specifically designed to fly fish out of, okay. um, it, it was a, it was a paddle kayak. So that was the only thing that was kind of tough, but the platform was great. There was nothing to get the fly line, you know, snagged on. I have done it in my PA 14. And if I take the drive out and put it in the back it really isn't too bad. I can strip it right into a bucket. Got oh, nice. It so that that works out okay um, if I can get it into the bucket and keep it contained, which, you know, isn't always realistic. Sure. But um, it's, I love to fly fish. I, I taught myself that probably eight or nine years ago when I did a lot of solo backpacking and I wanted to fish but couldn't bring, you know, rods and conventional gear into the mountains. Sure. So I, uh, fly fishing is absolutely incredible. It's like the, it's like the bow hunting of the hunting world, you know, it's that, it's that takes you the extra step closer and gets you a little bit more intimate with your surroundings and with the experience. And it's that much more of a challenge. So naturally I was drawn to that very quickly. And um, even more so like I, in the kayak, you take two things that are difficult and put it together. And I mean, you've got a whole nother thing.
1: That's awesome. Yeah. I mean, I'm, I'm very similar to you as far as fly fishing, like you know, during the spring and the fall, the steelhead and the salmon run into the rivers out of Lake Michigan out here. Right. And, you know, I, on a forum or something, read that, you know, the salmon were running, guys were hitting them on fly rods. So, I went to, like, some big box store, bought a $35 fly rod to give it a shot, <laughs> caught a 17-pound salmon, and I was like, yeah, this is what I want to do. <laughs> so, you know, Wow, obviously, that is awesome. upgraded from there i haven't quite caught a 17 pounder again i've gotten close but you know then it spawned off you know going uh you know i fly fished out in colorado and such and um i can totally agree i mean you put that so well like fly fishing is the bow hunting of fishing right and i haven't tried it out of my kayak yet but that trust me that thought's been jumping around up there you know in my head and uh I think it, it, it'll definitely be an awesome challenge. So, oh, yeah, most, most l- definitely. Like where you're at in Nebraska, do you guys have trout streams near you, or are you traveling a distance to go fish trout?
2: I travel a distance to fish trout. Um, okay. There are a couple hidden, you know, little local spots that have some stalkers um, in some areas. But for the most part, you know, why I like fish, fishing for trout is the mountains like i love the scenery i I love that the atmosphere and the the air and you know the just the seclusion and the solitude that you get with what comes from that i you know nebraska doesn't well it does have its own different kind of beauty it's not what i think of when i'm thinking about fly fishing
1: Trust me, from a guy that drives to Colorado like once a year, Nebraska is the worst state to drive through. No well, offense.
2: Well, hey, don't don't be sleeping on Iowa. Iowa is yeah. ten times worse yeah. than Nebraska. Yeah, yeah. yeah Brian,
3: have you been be in, in Illinois. Illinois yet?
1: Yeah, I, I mean it's just the same pretty much once you get <laughs> yeah. west you of thirty nine. But um, yeah, no, I, I hear you. So, are you traveling west then out to like Colorado, Utah, Wyoming to fly fish, or?
2: Yes, I my favorites. I mean, we just got back from the Gunnison. Um, oh, nice! That, incredible like the black canyon area that yeah, was yeah. that was such a neat deal uh, my spots that i would i went i, I go to oh what is it uh, calgary by banff national park in canada um bozeman okay. big sky montana the grand tetons around jackson um wyoming and the big horns um the new river around west virginia um, oh yeah yeah that was an incredible fly fishing scene um those are kind of some of my, and then down, I did some fishing in Marble Canyon um, in Arizona. That was pretty neat. It was a beautiful trip down there. Um, I, and I go to a little tiny island south of the Bahamas for bonefish, and I rent a little boat from some locals and go out, and I've, I have yet to get one on my own. Um, it's tough, but Matt. I've got a, got a couple bonefish in the fly. I hired a local guide down there, and the last few years, I've just gone by myself and rented a boat, and. You know, tried to stock the flats with my nine weight, trying to get one on my own. But those things are, those things are a whole different animal. So that, that has yet to happen by myself.
1: That's awesome.
2: Not more that is
1: it. awesome. I've never fished saltwater, but you know, my bucket list is fly fishing for tarpon down in the Keys. Coast.
2: Yes. That, and that, like, you and me both. <laughs> yeah, you and me both.
1: I, I drool over that type of stuff, but yeah. um, that's pretty incredible. i I can I can definitely dig that.
2: Yeah, it's yeah. It's nor- awesome.
1: Normally, when I'm fly fishing, I'm going uh, Colorado River up up by uh, Granby area, and then okay. I've I've fished the Blue River down in Silverthorne and Dillon area as well.
2: Okay, and that
1: Blue River area is just unbelievable for rainbows. I mean, Blue River. Yeah, that's I've caught my biggest rainbow on a fly rod down there and we did the same thing we hired a guide because we had never fished it down there and the blue kind of comes out of the Dillon reservoir there so they have like this uh this freshwater shrimp it's called a mrs shrimp i don't know if you're familiar with it but they they nymph those a lot um during the winter months and then um their dry fly action. Like it's so crazy. This river runs right through downtown Silverthorn, and you'll catch the biggest rainbow of your life in there. I mean, it's common for a 10 pound rainbow to be caught down in that area. Wow. I and mean, it's sucks. just, it's unbelievable. And the Browns are just as big and beautiful.
2: Oh, that's awesome. Yeah. So oh, recommendation. Dad, yeah. Okay. Next time it's you're noted. Out there. <laughs> yeah.
1: Yeah. Duly noted. <laughs>
2: that's awesome. awesome christine christine
3: have you ever have you ever gotten into actual the fly tying when we were talking about the the fly fishing is that something you ever got into or
2: i i've you- wanted to um as, as as you probably can can tell i, I have a um never-ending list of hobbies sure. and <laughs> <laughs> that was one that i mean i i've i can't even tell you how many stuff that i i've invested all this time and effort and energy into sure. and Um, I have always wanted to do that. Now, when I find enough time to be able to sit down and sit still for long enough, that is something that I, you know, I think when people get older and they start to knit, I think I'll get older and typewise. Yeah, (laughs) that's, that's going to be my thing. (laughs)
1: That's awesome. Yeah. Well, I'll give you one recommendation. Start with big lures and then work your way down to the number 22s and 24s. Okay.
2: Yeah. Those little ones look very intimidating.
1: (laughs) Trust me. I think I'm partially blind from tying those
0: things. (laughs) But uh, Yeah, no,
1: it's, it's definitely an art form. Um, I got into it pretty heavy when i started fly fishing a lot um i haven't tied as of lately in probably the past year or so but you know it's usually every time we're heading out to colorado i tie a bunch of stuff up but it, it's definitely different it's it's an art form but it's it's so cool like i i built my fly rod i tied my flies the only thing i didn't make was my reel and my line and there's just something to be said about that when
2: that, you can catch yeah, a fish in that that's form awesome
1: you know um i don't know if yeah. that's just my own thing but you know that's incredibly it's,
2: rewarding yeah sure i can't even imagine that's great
1: definitely so it's cool i would definitely recommend it when you get some time
2: yeah <laughs> I, <laughs> it's it is on the list <laughs> yeah
1: <laughs> oh that's funny um scott you got anything else to add to this or
3: no man i'm i'm, I'm... I'm still looking at these pictures, Christine, and I'm I'm
2: totally envious. <laughs> this is ridiculous.
1: Yeah, um. those those smallmouth pictures oh, that you awesome. have up on yeah. your Instagram is that in Nebraska?
2: That is not. That's actually um, in South Dakota. I okay, a little, little trip. Um, this was the first fun fishing trip I actually got to do um, almost all year. Um, you would have normally like last year. I had I had so many more. You know, the, of the cool quote unquote cool fish, the muskie, the big pike, the the big walleye and stuff. But, um, I wasn't able to, to do that this year with, with the focus on tournament fishing. Um, I kind of, you know, the, the, the cool stuff kind of took a backseat to one of my biggest goals. So hopefully this fall I'll, you know, you'll be able to see, I'll be tackling some, some serious musky fishing and having a little bit more fun. Um, nice. upcoming.
3: So, so, so I guess I do have a, a another question for you, you mentioned earlier and, in, and, in... Uh, about using side finding on your depth finder side imaging. Yeah. Side imaging. So yep. t- can you talk a little bit about that? Cause we just, we just had a, a podcast or two where we, we had a couple guests on we were talking specifically about uh, depth finders and features and what to look for and that kind of thing. Maybe you could talk a little bit about the side imaging and kind of how you use it.
2: Yeah, absolutely. Um, so side imaging, a lot of, I think a lot of people make the mistake of, of using side imaging to find their fish. Um, I think that makes it a little bit more difficult. I think what side imaging is the most useful for is finding um, your structure, structure. finding yeah. your, finding the things that fish relate to, you know, finding humps out in the middle of the lake that aren't, aren't marked on your, uh, on your, 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 chart or any yep. of your graphs, um, looking for grass, um, weed lines, you know, boulders. Uh, I, I basically will just cover water and I will run nothing but my side imaging and I'll just look and um, it's a little more difficult in a kayak. You, I, as you know, with side imaging. you need to be going in a straight line and maintain a certain speed to, to really have that be effective. But once you kind of get that dialed in and you're, you're cruising, I mean, I, I can look and, you know, make waypoints just as I'm going along on, on stuff. And then I can go back to that waypoint, go over it and see exactly what it is and, it, you know, whether or not it's, it's worth targeting and I can break down water so fast with that. I mean, I, I, absolutely, I rely heavily on, on side imaging.
3: So I get really confused when I look at the image of side imaging, because it's like a line down the middle and you've got two images on either side, but as you're so, moving, like, how does that relate? You know what I mean? I'm, I'm So confused.
2: you, you need to basically, if you were to, if you, if you put an off a piece of paper of what you're seeing and folded it, yeah, that's what you're looking at. Um, So the, that in the middle, that is your water column and your boat is that line. I see. So it, 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 it is, you know, my my fiance doesn't use it because he doesn't understand it as well either. So it's like, <laughs> me and him have to have a talk. I don't yeah, I know, that. I know, and it's it's one of the most useful tools, but it's like it's like anything else, you know. Yeah. Um, once you understand it and know what you're looking for, you've like unlocked the the mega secret it's of basketball. Yeah, exactly, sure. you've got it, um, but you need to just. What I did is years ago, it kinda helped because I worked in, in that in the industry where, you know, I was around this stuff all the time. But watching some videos or just the best thing is just getting out there with someone that knows what they're knows how to use it and sure. just having them sit with you and say, This is what you look for, this is what this is, this is how, you know, you can see when it gets, you know, a little lighter color that's obviously it's coming up and you're getting shallow water and you can kind of see where there's cuts in the in the bank and ledge fishing is huge, like in Kentucky Lake um, eliminating productive ledges or unproductive ledges pretty quickly. Um, it's, it's just a phenomenal feature. If you, if you're able to, to know what you're looking at.
3: Well, you know, what's funny is, I mean, Brian, that's exactly what we were talking with, uh, Scott Pers when he was yeah. on the pod, et cetera. you know, use the depth finder to find structure. You know, you're not mm-hmm. really looking for fish per se. I mean, you can, no. you know, there's aspects of that, but uh, for the most part, it's looking for structure. Sounds like yeah. the exact same thing.
1: No, absolutely. I mean, I was one of those guys when I first got a depth finder years ago. You know, I was like, all right, where's the fish? You know, staring at Mm -hmm. my depth finder waiting for that red mark.
2: (laughs) Yeah. You know, but,
1: you know, obviously it doesn't work that way. But, I mean, that's the biggest thing with depth finders is just locating structure. I mean, we talked about that um, on uh, uh, one of our recent podcasts when we were fishing a river. I was a bonehead, forgot my depth finder you know, but, and it was a really rocky river. If we could have, you know, seen what was down there, look for the big boulders, things like that, we would have found more fish. I think yes. sure. without, without so, a doubt.
2: we both forgot it. So
1: yeah, you're not the only one. I'm not the only one. makes me yeah. feel better.
2: <laughs> <laughs> it's all about what those fish are relating to. You no,
1: know? for sure. For sure. For sure. So very cool. Um, yeah. So let's wrap this up. Um, I mean, Christine is sponsored by Ram Mounts, Hobie Boats, Bending Branches, Lunge and Lures, Caney Fork Outdoors. Um, you got any plugs or you want to throw anything out there, like how people can follow you on social media, your website address, maybe things like that?
2: Um, just usually people will just find me on my Instagram at Midwest Fisher Gal. Um, and my I have a link to my blog on that. Um, and I, I share some pretty good stuff. I enjoy to write. So. Um, all my articles will be shared through my Instagram.
1: No. And I mean, guys, gals definitely check out her blog. I mean, some of the stuff she writes is just absolutely unbelievable. And it, I mean, Thanks, definitely, guys. definitely had, uh, the gears in my head turning for sure. So, um, awesome. I think it's, it's, you know, you definitely share your passion there. And, uh, you know, I think a lot of people could read that and definitely take something home from it for sure. So,
2: I cool. appreciate that.
1: Um, just a quick announcement for all you listeners. Um, we just got some stickers in. So if you guys want a decal or anything, you can email us at paddle, the letter N, in the word fin at com, And we'll send you guys some, pic- uh, some stickers. You can throw them on your kayaks, your cars, whatever. We appreciate everybody's support. Um, we're also looking at doing a run of t-shirts. If anybody's interested in that, please email us as well. You can also get us on Instagram at paddle, the letter N in Finn. And, um, we just want to thank Christine for being on tonight. Yeah. Uh, thanks Christine. This, this oh, thank was
2: you guys. definitely an, you.
1: an awesome episode. And, you know, um, I'm glad that this came together and I mean, I won't lie. I was a little nervous at first, but, uh, <laughs> No, I think it turned out great, and I think really everybody, you know, you're definitely an inspiration, especially to the women out there that are, you know, trying to make a name for themselves. So just keep on doing you, and, you know, we uh, wish you the best of luck this year in the KBF and all that stuff. Same with the fiancé, too, but, you know, we (laughs) won't tell them that you said you're the better fisher.
2: Fisher. (laughs) (laughs) All right,
1: guys, so until next time uh we'll catch you on the next pod uh who do we got up next scott uh we've got a we've got a couple guests lined up uh one uh
3: next week's going to be a a guy by the name of steve mcgee who's out of texas he does a lot of different uh different types of fishing he's got a lot of kayak knowledge uh we've got uh, uh yak tribe lined up we've got a i think we're booked about four weeks out so we got a lot of good stuff coming
1: awesome awesome so stay tuned for that guys um thank you again christine
2: you bet and, thank uh, you guys very much yeah
1: anytime you're in the illinois area and you want to check illinois off your fishing list hit us up we'll take you out <laughs> that
2: sounds soon. awesome we'll take you up on that. Cool. <laughs> yeah
1: no problem and yeah maybe we can catch up with you down the road after you get some traveling under your belt and you guys are uh traveling around we'd love to have you back on
2: absolutely that sounds uh, great
1: all right until next time we'll see you guys